Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on the Saturday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jace and our sponsors today, Mainstream Marketing and Boyd's One Stop. All right, looking at weather. Starting off from Galveston down on Island, it's 83 degrees this morning. And uh, today's the first day of fall, and it's going to be a nice uh, balmy day to start our fall equinox off. But uh, mainly sunny skies today, high of 88, south winds 10 to 20. And then for tonight, mainly clear skies, low of 82, south winds 10 to 20. And then for tomorrow, winds picking up even more, mostly sunny skies, high of 88, south winds 15 to 25. That's what they're calling for. So, uh, southerly rut, that's where we're at. Looking at tides for today, our fall equinox begins today. So, uh, pretty strong tides. We have a high coming in this morning. At 3.11 a.m. at the Galveston Channel, it's a 1.9, coming off an 0.1 last night. And then a low at 5.21 p.m., it's an 0.1. So there's about a two-foot swing in water, so it's pretty strong. Uh, 49% is our moon phase, 7.08 a.m. at sunrise. 7.15 p.m. is sunset. Current conditions, high at the buoy offshore, 22 nautical miles east of Galveston, it's 85 degrees out there with 87-degree water, south-southeast winds, 11 to 16. Barometric pressure, 29.88 inches and steady. Galveston uh, Channel, 84 degrees with 87-degree water, a south wind at 9. And at Eagle Point, it's 85 degrees with 86-degree water with a south wind at 10 to 11. And Morgan's Point, 82 degrees with 86-degree water temps and uh, south southeast winds five to nine miles per hour 29.88 inches and steady on the barometer up there also so that's where we're at on uh, weather it's a good way to start off fall nice and warm and some people are predicting a uh, extremely cold winter that'd be about right after an extremely hot summer so we shall see anyway all right, did you get anybody, Jace? I don't have anybody on my screen yet. Okay, Richard's up and ready to go then. Okay, well, let's go to uh, the fish dude, Richard Tosh, see what he's up to this morning. 
Hey, Richard. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Mickey? Not a lot, man. How's it going? It's all good. I'm getting ready to go see if I can catch me some catfish this morning. Well, that's good. Fresh cats. Yeah, I guarantee you we got to get out there and give them a test, see how they want to play today. Right. Ain't no, ain't no doubt. Got to give them a shot. So getting, getting ready to get back in the groove anyway. So that's that's the main thing. So it's, uh, I was out there yesterday running around a little bit, and just kind of showing, showing some guys how to run up on the north end some because that water's down so much. And, and uh, they – Everybody's getting a little spooked now that you can see them stumps sticking out. Yeah. You know, that's one that's one yeah, that's one thing about that low water when when it drops a little bit, boy, you start seeing them stumps sticking out there and, and uh you gotta you gotta really pay attention. If you don't know where you're going, you're gonna knock knock a lower unit off or something. Yeah, and a um, lot of them are surprised going, Man, I always cut right through there. I didn't know all those stumps were under the water like exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What I in guarantee the world? you. Uh, it's it's amazing, you know. A lot, you know, during the drought, what 2010, 11, a lot of those were exposed because, like, it was you know it was eight foot low. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the majority of them, they end up when they get exposed there, they'll rot off a little bit. So, a lot of them fell over, and and, and but a lot of them are still there. You know, that's right. that's the thing. They just got a little bit. They either got harder or softer, one of the two. They got soft, most of them fell off. They got harder, they're still just like a rock. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Kind of reminds me of the first time I went to Toledo Bend over years ago. I was, I was sitting there in, in a bunch of standing timber, and I'm thinking, yeah, this water's pretty shallow. Got to be pretty shallow right in here. I looked down at that finder, 70 feet deep. It's like, good night. Wow. You know, them big old tall trees out there, and in seventy foot of water, it's like goodness. But you know, you're in piney woods, so them, them trees over there is 125, 140 feet tall. You know, it's mm-hmm. like goodness, and it's it was just the funniest thing because I thought, you know, it's got to be shallow right here next to these trees. Pull up there, and it's just a deep, dying deep. I said, no, I ain't fishing here. So you kind of move in towards the bank a little bit, but it's you know you know with Conroe, you know it's not just not that dang big, and it's, it's a lot of them are exposed out there that that uh, mm-hmm. you don't normally see. And I I really need to get up there and do some more running around, find some old cuts and, and put some marks down because I got them I got them by memory, but it was some of the marker trees that that were there have fallen over over the years, so. I, you know, I usually just say, okay, I go over here next to this tree. And as long as I stay to the right end, about 20 yards, I'm good, you know, because there's, there's some old logging trails and stuff like that through that timber that you can you can get through and everything. But a lot of that I don't show people because if you're off by 10 feet, you're going to tear your stuff up. Well, so, yeah. I mean, that's with anything. That's why you need to have your trail through there and some waypoints. Exactly. That's you know that's one of the things you, with all the with all the depth finders the way they're set up you can mark your trail through there, and and it's uh it's just easy to get around easier to get around anyway or quicker, you know whenever Still you're nerve like, wracking though. <laughs> it is I guarantee because I was like those guys yesterday I told them you know I would show you this one out here in the middle but 
you know, if you're off, you're going to hit something. Because I, I still hit stuff out there whenever I don't pay attention, you know. It's, and it's you know, just like down there, you run across a, a reef or something down there in the bay. You, you run across that rascal, it'll tear some stuff up. You know, you end up with with flat ears on a prop, and it don't, it don't work too good. So, it's yeah, it's just one of those things. You just got to pay attention. It's, and, you know, I keep looking at Livingston. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's. That rascal is down. I mean, that's one of the things Buddy and I was talking about uh, a couple little areas over where we used to fish years ago. Thomas Lake and and, uh, it's called Bell and Ford Lake and then Black Black Lake. They all kind of connect for a series of either pipes or or just little cuts that go through there. He asked me, he said, man, how long has it been since you've been over? I said, it's been a long time. And it's, he said, this thing has grown up because he drove by it on the road. So it's got so many docks in it, and it used to only have, you know, five or six docks in this one little spot. And it's like, goodness, says all them houses doesn't put put docks in there. So it's just, you know, things like that change. Like at Trinity River, it always it's always changing anyway because the places I'm talking about are up in, in the river off of Carolina Cove. Mm-hmm. And, uh it's uh our Carolina Creek, and and I guarantee you, there's there's lots of little potholes or ponds like that because like Thomas Lake, it's a big pond. It's like a, I'd probably a 25 acre pond, and we used to, man, we used to go in that rascal and, and catch some dang good fish. I won several tournaments out of that little place, and it's just you go in there and spend the whole day, you just never leave. Go in there and start flipping docks and stuff like that, and. uh he catch catch pretty good. You know, there's one tournament on one. I think I won it with three fish. It what they weighed fifteen pounds of those three fish. But but man, it's it's actually I think it's four fish for a little bit more than that. But is I know it's a little over fifteen pounds because I, I, it was just a tough day and I think at the high, the closest to me was about twelve pounds. Yeah. So and it was during the spring. Had that pollen matted up and I was throwing some little. Old, creature bait or something across the top of that and matted up that where that pollen will build up in a corner. Right. And it got so thick you couldn't get a bait hardly to go through it. You know, I always like throwing lighter weights anyway. So I'd, I'd take that rascal and I'd, I'd throw that bait up on top. I can't, like I said, I can't remember what it was. It was soft plastic, though. It might have been one of them old Hale's crawl worms or what it probably was. And I took that thing and throw it right up on top of that thing on, on that matted up or the pollen had blown in the corner and he'd reel it across the top and as soon as it as soon as it hit the edge you just kill it and let it fall down and them rascals that you see them come out from under that matted up pollen and just eat it it's just it's just it's a fun thing when you figure out stuff like that because you got a got a big old wad of pollen on top of the water that's piled up you know 20 feet from the bank and you throw it all the way up there at the bank and start reeling it in like a frog coming across the top and then as soon as you get to the edge, let that let that rascal fall. And sometimes you see him waking underneath that that pollen to come get it. And it's it's just fun when you figure it out. And then you get up there, and especially in that area, you got to flipping them reeds that you got a bunch of cattails on the edge of the creek and stuff. And you got to flipping them reeds and throw a jig or something in that in them reeds, and, and you try to get it back in them little pockets in it, and you'd see a. As soon as they hit the water, you see them reeds shake. <laughs> when you see them, 
them rascals shake. Boy, that was just as good as it got. Boy, you, you saw that, that sucker in there. That reed would shake, and you just hang on because he's fixing the he's fixing the hammer. And it's it's just fun to watch them when they do that because you wouldn't think those fish be backed up in those those reeds like that, but they'll they'll bury up in them things, and it's just it's a hoot just to watch them. You know, it's like when I first started over at Gibbons Creek years ago. You take there's those fish over there always live shallow. I mean shallow. You had to throw it on the dirt and drag it in, and you thought to them in little pencil reeds, you know, be in the water about the water wasn't be eight inches deep, and there'd be you know forty foot, fifty foot of them before you got out to the boat. You thought rascal through there like a spinner bait or something like that, and you just let it go through that go through those little pencil reeds, and you'd see them splitting, trying to come them reeds start splitting as they'd start chasing through there trying to get that spinner bait. That was just a hoot when you. Like I say, when you see them doing that, the worst part is the anticipation because you're anticipating it happening, and when it happens, you don't set the hooks dang quick. You jerk it out of their mouth a lot of times, so that's that's the hardest part. Just you know, just like frog fishing, you get out there throwing them dang frogs, and you mm-hmm. always set the hook too early. I remember the first time I picked up a frog, started just especially a hollow body frog, and you get those those little soft plastic frogs that you just put on a hook and throw out there that's different they'll they'll eat those on the run pretty good but with a hollow body frog where you're out there just popping it and, and just kind of subtly making it move through there you'll see them rascals blow up on it and you want to jerk so hard and fast and you just gotta wait that's that's the thing about those rascals i know we all <laughs> like to see the blow up and the explosion and all that but the best way to fish top water is don't even look at your bait just work it exactly go look for the off sound. and wait and don't set the hook till you feel something that's right i'll tell you what it's it's a and it's, yeah it's like i used to fish those shad assassins over in those pencil reeds and stuff all the time at gibbons and i'd do the same thing i'd be in the boat by myself and i always i always i got in the habit of of saying, did you see that? You know, because I mean, yeah. you'd see them blow up on it, and if you it, that gave me just enough time to wait and set the hook, and I'd I'd be out there by myself, people be around me. I go, did you see that? And they look at me all goofy, like, what are you, who are you talking to? And it's but that was my my routine. I got in that habit of, did you see that? And that gave me enough time. Okay. If they had it, you'd see it line tighten up, and you'd jerk on it, and then that. You'd get them about ninety percent of the time. Whenever, whenever you'd wait that long, you know, just you got to wait on the wait on that string. Once it once it tightens up, or once you feel that pull, then it's that's when you set the hook. But man, I tell you what, the, those hollow bodies were the worst. It took me probably I, mean, I missed probably thirty fish the first time I fished a hollow body frog because that thing, them rascals just it just it, they wouldn't they wouldn't eat it you know actually they right. were eating it I, I was just jerking it out of their dying mouth right then that up there happens Cedar a lot Creek. that's the hardest thing to teach these customers to do is to wait wait till you feel it i guarantee you that's like years ago i was up there at cedar creek fishing a tournament up there and i was i was on the dam and i had one on a zara spook one time and I, i'll tell you what that's the hardest bait in the world to keep fish hooked up on but i had that <laughs> had that zara spook up there and that rascal, he, he hit hit it one time, and it looked like a toilet flushing. But he knocked that bait. I guarantee you that, that bait went three foot in the air whenever he hit it. 
it's like good night, and it, I kept on working it, you know, because you got with a spook, you got to keep working it. It's got a dark side to side. Well, he knocked that rascal up in there, and it it hit, and I, I keep working it, and he followed it, and pow, did it again. That rascal hit that thing three times, and I never caught him. Heartbreak, never baby. caught him, but That's what I call I it, heartbreaker, baby. Let me knock this break out, Richard. I'll be right back to you, man. Hang on a second. Okay, Mickey. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. morning welcome back to the sports radio 610 outdoor show 418 here in the bayou city all right richard we're back my friend all right well we were talking top waters the heartbreak bait you know just uh man yeah i I guarantee you how many tournaments have been won with them and how many have been lost with them you know you either you just do or die it's a do or die bait it it really is i mean there's there's been a lot of times i'll tell you what with us with a top water bait I, i go out there and that in the tournament situation, especially, you go out and you think, "Man, I am going to get them right off the bat." I mean, it's 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 one of those things because it's early morning typically when you're going to catch them on it. You know, not always. Granted, like like over on Livingston, for example, there's there's been times during the during the middle of the day, as long as you can find a shade, we're we're sticking over the top of the top of the water. They'll they'll be in that shade and you can catch them on it. I mean, I, years ago, I used to go practice with a buzz bait. It's, I'd just go every, like, on any lake. It didn't matter. I'd go go out there, in the, especially in the summer months. I'd go hit, hit any 
any dock or anything. Just throw a buzz bait under there. If they blow up on it, that's fine. I didn't want to catch them anyway. I just wanted to, wanted to know that they lived there because you could take that, that buzz bait and you could, or lunker lure. That's when they first come out to call them lunker lures and everything. But, mm. but uh, you take that rascal and you throw it up underneath the dock, you'll know if a fish lives there, so especially in the summer months because he'll come up and hit it. You know, he's got that shade. He lives underneath that dock, and he's he didn't like it. He didn't like that noise up above him, and it's uh you know it gives you gives you a good way to cover water quick. But when you go back in a tournament situation, as so many times you're gonna get your heart broke. Either they're gonna they're gonna hit it, they're gonna and miss it, or you'll you'll catch the heck out of them, or or just they won't hit it at all. They just quit quit biting on the topwater bait. And a lot of times I think that's just because. You know, a lot of a lot of tournament fishermen anyway, and, I, and I'm guilty of it. I know. Whenever you're out there practicing, you you've got a different tempo. You you uh, you you you're doing things nice and relaxed, but in a tournament situation, you're under the gun. You know how you got eight hours to catch the number of fish that you got to catch and and get them get them done right. So yeah. you change the way you fish, and it's it's so subtle you don't really recognize it, but you do change the way you fish, and it, unless you can slow yourself down and and you know get back in that that tempo you were in during your practice, then uh, you'll you'll either not work the bait the same speed or or way or whatever that those fish wanted that it attracts them, and uh, you'll you'll miss a lot of fish, and it just it's just the nature of the beast in a tournament situation. I don't care if you're you know, I've I've gone out in so many tournaments and said, okay, I'm gonna do or die with a jig. You know, pick a jig up, especially on Ryburn, because those those Ryburn fish love a jig, and they're big when they when they hit it too. And uh, you take that jig and flip it out there all day long, but you're looking for five bites. That's all you're looking for in a in a tournament situation anyway. You know, that's that's one of the big things people don't realize about. <laughs> certain baits you know you're going out there looking for just five bites that's it if you get those five bites on that particular bait it's going to be a big one or five big ones and that's that's how you do it i mean it's there's my biggest stringer on rubber has been 32 plus pounds not not quite 33 with five fish i've had you know rich and chambers i've done pretty much the same thing it's either uh, you know usually richland's big spinner baits and jigs Raven was pretty much just ounce and a half jigs all the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you take an ounce and a half jig and punch that grass the way it, the way it used to be. It's not out there like it was back when I'm talking about because I'm talking about, you know, in the 90s, 80s and 90s when you had a 15-foot wall of hydrilla out there and you just go punching holes in that hydrilla, get on your trolling motor and, and never turn it off all day. You know, you're, you, you may run five miles on a trolling motor just flipping that hydrilla. And when you when once you find that one little magical spot, it's amazing because you there's uh, the 32 pound sacks that I've caught on Rayburn have been basically out of one area, no bigger than uh, no more than a five foot diameter. You catch them out of the same spot. Every one of them, it seems like every time you drop it in there, the, the next one would be bigger than the one you just previously caught. And, I mean, you'll catch five in a row, just boom, boom, boom. I used to, years ago, I'd lay, when I'd do that and say, do or die on a jig, I'd lay five five jigs on the deck. They, they may be slightly different in color. They may may not be. They may be all exactly the same color. Lay five of them on the deck. As soon as you jerk one out of a hole, you pick 
throw him in the bottom of the boat and drop that next one down in, in that very same hole, and you you could jerk them out. They just keep on coming out because they're just stacked up in there, and every time when you're fishing those big jigs, you're looking for a reaction bite anyway because right. an ounce and a half jig, that rascal, it's got a fall rate that's pretty quick, you know, so it it starts heading to the bottom once it once it gets in there, and when you're when you, and you just wait on that thing, you chunk it in there and, and let that sucker head to the bottom, and you'll see your line either stop a little sooner or it just keeps going. You think, man, I ought to be on the bottom by now. And when it keeps going, it's like I know I'm on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, something picked it fish. up and swimming off yep. with it. You better set the I, hook. I guarantee you, that's where that big braid come in that Randy used to use over there all the time. He'd get get that big braided line on there and set that sucker down there to the bottom, and, and I guarantee you when you jerk on it, you're either going to bust a rod or you're pulling a fish out. Right. I guarantee, I guarantee you that braid will bust them. I've, had, I've, I've busted plenty of rods on the hook set. Just I mean, because I, I guarantee you when I set the hook, you're going to know it. Especially if we're in a boat together and you got your back turned to me when I set the hook, you'll know because that boat's going to rock. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, that I learned a long time ago, and I don't know if you need that big a hook set. When you're behind on a fish, when he's got the bait in his mouth, I, I think I got to catch up pretty dang quick. Yeah, with the, well, the kind of hooks we have now, the all these laser cut sharp hooks and all oh, that, yes. I just uh, man, if I did that on trout, I'd rip their whole head off. I do. So soft, maybe jerk them out of the water when you set the hook, especially pencils. But it, uh, I guarantee you. I'm- I've I mean, sent, hook I've penetration can't be that difficult nowadays. I mean, with the with the quality hooks we have. Oh, I know it's not. There's there's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, and, and then using you the bass guys, man, y'all are boy, y'all y'all put on show. I'll tell you what, it's it's a hook, you know. And then then the thing is, you got to the the worst part about it is, like you say, with the new hooks and stuff, like when you're using a circle hook and the you know any any other type of hook like a little bait hook or something when you're when you're finesse fishing you go from trying to jerk their dang head off all the way to, to just just tighten it up and reel them in yeah you, you know? gotta I mean, let the fish with a circle hook you gotta let the fish do it just stay tight and let him slide the hook through his mouth till it grabs and turns in that's, you know that's it that's the hardest if you try even, to set the hook with this, a circle hook you'll jerk it out of his mouth every time i mean that's uh, like on hybrids i i used to I went. I used circle hooks for years. I mean, I, on the hybrids, but right. I've had such a hard time getting my getting my people in the boat to to not set the hook. You know, that's the thing because I'm I'm Come hooking tight. those sets. <laughs> yeah, just let them let them go tight. You know, when they go tight and start pulling on it, then you play tug of war with them. You ain't got to jerk on them or nothing. But I got so many of them that I just pick it up and jerk it. And when they do, I mean, it's like man, you just let that fish go. And what do you mean? I said, well, it's a circle hook. If you jerk on that thing, you're basically pulling it out of his mouth because he's got to go to running away with it. Once he once he starts running with it, it'll roll over and hook him in the corner of the mouth. About yeah, the tip of, of that will just it'll hook and then just turn as it tightens up and just penetrate. That's it. I mean, and it's it's that's such a hard thing to teach. I mean, you you would be amazed. So that's how I went to them bait, using bait hooks this just this past year. The problem with those bait hooks that I'm using, uh, they're swallowing the dang thing. So I'm cutting hooks off left and right. But yeah, you know, I'd rather I'd rather cut them hooks off than miss the fish most of the time. You know, that's the way I am. And then you know, a lot of people say, "Why are you cutting the hook off? Why aren't you digging it out?" 
Well, they get them down there so dying deep, you know, and they're No, you got to try and dig it out and everything. You'll kill the fish. You'll leave exactly. it so bad it won't recover. You just cut the hook off and let him deal with it. That's right. You know, he'll he'll get that hook out of there. You know, it'll he'll either spit it out, swallow either it, or, that or it'll uh, start eroding and uh, you know corrode yeah. away. That's that's it. You know, and that's that's one of the things. As soon as I see it's down there deep, I'm just going to cut the line. I'm not even going to. I caught a redfish one time that it swallowed somebody's uh, soft plastic or paddle tail jig, and uh, the the only thing left of the jig head. When I filleted him and opened him up, it had, you know, you had the lead up there. The right. eye was gone because it was the part of the hook. The acid and everything had eaten that hook completely away. And all there was was the jig head with the, the paddle tail on it. The hook and everything was darn. gone. Yep, yep. So that's, that's amazing how that happens, you know. It's, that's like years ago, you, you just talking about the jig head. I was, I was fishing over at Thomas Lake on Livingston, and I was, I was, uh, this buddy of mine, he told me, he says, man, I, I broke a big one off underneath this particular dock over there, and I was using a lavender jig. I said, really? I yeah. said, that's an odd jig to be using. So I, I went over there, and I went to that dock, and I went to lavender. the restaurant. He said, man. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said, man, that was a that was a big one, too. And I, I went over there, and I was fishing around that dock, and I caught that fish, and it had his jig in his mouth about a two-pounder. I thought, okay. That's he broke off a two-pounder. As a broke monster. off two pounds. As a yep. monster, boy. Took me in there I'm and looking. broke me off. It was a giant. I, I guarantee you, it amazes me how, how big they are when they break off. And I've, you know, I've seen some, you know, that, that on the Conroe that I've caught like that. They'll have, they'll have a bait hanging in their mouth, and you, and you think, man, who ever had this one? It'd be a pound and a half, two pounds. Well, the first thing I look at this. is to look at the eye of the lure and see if there's any line on it. And yep. 90% of the time, they're not game untied. There That's won't be any exactly line at right. all in the eye of the hook, man. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's why, you know, that's why at the, you know, at the fishing show and stuff like that, when I'm doing those seminars and stuff, a lot of my focus is on knots. You know, I tell people a lot, hey, you need to learn to tie a good knot. Because some of these, especially some of these high schoolers that are out there right now, you know, some of these kids that are out there fishing in, mm. in some of these high school tournaments and stuff, they don't know the right way. You know, they're looking it up there at YouTube and they're doing all this and that. Right. And they try. But if you don't tie the right knot for your situation, you know, whether it be a line and line knot or, or just tying your bait on the You know, there's so the many hook. good knots and you just need to get accustomed to one knot that you always tie and then you can tie it with your eyes closed, you know. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. All right, That's Richard. Like a, well, I got a roll, right. man. I'm up on another one. So, uh, hey, if somebody wants to call you about fishing, give them some info, man. All right, Mickey, anyone get in touch with me at 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudesgx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudesgx.com. All right, buddy, wear them cats out. Yes, sir, y'all have fun. All right, see you, man. Later. All right, that's the Fish Dude up on Lake Conroe. It's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 433 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go check in with Captain Bink Grimes this morning and see what he's up to. I think he's probably headed to the duck blind. Bink, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. What's up, man? Try to to close her out. (laughs) Yeah, this is it. The final countdown. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're, uh, I think everybody you talk to that's hunting is, I know it's only been a 16 day season, but it's, uh, it's kind of, it was good. You know, it's been a pretty, pretty good season, but it's just, we, we were talking about it the other day, just, can't remember one being this hot. Can't remember one, you know, being this dry. Uh, dryness can work in your favor, which it has for a lot of folks if you got water. If you but, got water, uh, just, you uh, bet. Yeah. But, you know, teal season's always warm. But, man, like yesterday, when you get to like 8 oh. o'clock, we're like going, oh, my gosh, it's just <laughs> hot, you know? And you come out and just ringing wet with sweat oh yeah which is all right but it's just after day after day after day after day you know it's just uh it's different the one thing we really haven't had to battle uh as much is is mosquitoes uh i mean don't get me wrong we we have but when it's so dry it's uh it's just not i can remember a couple i was telling somebody the other day 1991 on the Fitzgerald Ranch, I can remember opening the day, and you're all excited about it, and I was hunting that old, uh, man, what was that pond called right there before you get to the reservoir? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, 66. Hey, anyway. Now, what the 66? Is that one up closer to it? Uh, uh, the one before it was a Mickey Mouse hole. The Mickey Mouse, that was yours. 
that was mine. If you go, if you went over the bridge, you know that first canal, that wooden bridge yeah. to the left, that was uh, the Mickey Mouse hole. The next one over before you get to the big reservoir was uh, sixty six. And then there was that one right there by the reservoir uh, that I hunted a bunch. I think I think Jackie called it the the uh, Greenhead Hole or something. Right. Uh, but I hunted it and and walked in and uh, I almost turned around. I can really, yeah. I mean I. I, there's, this is not worth it. I, you know, it, we couldn't, just could not breathe. Just, I mean, For the I don't know how to explain it. It was just that bad. And we, yeah. we were looking, they were looking at me there. And, and, then, and then it just disappeared right before shoot time, you know. But uh, it hasn't been that bad. <laughs> no. But the, that's the one thing a drought will, uh, will do for you is, uh, you know, I haven't swatted a whole lot of mosquitoes in Matagorda. No. Just hadn't done it, you know. And they came up a little bit when we got a little tide push about three weeks ago. That was the first time we really uh, flooded the marsh, and we got a little uh, little push of them. But, uh, you know, seven, eight days, they're gone, and uh, they're just really not real bad right now. So that's one bright spot. <laughs> so we need uh, – we're, we're kind of – you know, you're kind of hunting right now. You're kind of hunting stale birds. You haven't had a whole lot of a weather change. Uh, we got a little push of birds on, uh, on Monday. We were, we were, we had a big group. We were fishing, uh, Monday and, uh, man, there were a lot of, a lot of ducks buzzing East Bay. Usually when they're buzzing the shorelines, uh, it's usually on a flight day. Uh, mm-hmm. you see, when you see a lot, you know, when you're seeing a lot on the bay, it's usually a flight day. And I said, oh, shoot, well, Marsh, I bet my Marsh is, uh, filling up while well, I went there that afternoon and it looked really really good and um, we hunted some different spots but man they, they, they just the, the the ponds that we were holding uh, man they left without any pressure we didn't hunt them and just left and I talked to folks uh, on the prairie the same way they showed up and then they just kind of left uh, and don't get me wrong there's there's good hunts all over the place but there's so many people teal hunt that yeah on you look at social media, <laughs> and it looks like all of them are getting them, but they're really, you know, they're really not. They're, uh, there's a lot of slow hunts to go with it. It's, it's, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's fifty fifty. It's like fishing, you know. It's you'll 50/50. see fifty. It is like fishing. you know, yeah, just like fishing. You'll see all the pictures go. Boy, they're tearing them trout up right now. We got to get down there, and then they'll go with somebody and go. Man, it ain't no good. Well, I mean, it's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the way it is. No, no, it is. No, you're right. I said nobody's no, going to post but, up their bad days. All they're going to post no. up is good days. They're not going to, you right. know, post up a teal pick with only three teal in the picture or a couple of trout. They're, they're going to do the meat yeah. haul thing. Yeah. And they're still, you know, they're still isolated pockets, but we just hadn't had a, hadn't had a whole weather change and, uh, and, and not no. a whole lot of wind. And uh, so this last, this backside uh, has been uh, – has been a little tough. We had a, we had a really good shoot yesterday. I, I, I mean, really really good shoot yesterday, and uh, we didn't we didn't see as many birds as you would like to. But man, we capitalized and came out with a really really good uh, strap of them. And uh, so you hope when you get to Saturday and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday are, are game changers. The three Saturdays and Sundays uh, that you have are game changers during the during the teal season because, you know, everybody 
usually everybody is going to hunt on, on Saturday, and it really mm-hmm. uh, those 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 spots that that get rested all year are probably going to get hunted, and and there'll be there'll be a, a whole lot more activity seems like so. Yeah, it'll move them around. We're hoping a little bird, yeah, hope a little bird movement, you know, and that works for us too on the prairie too, because sometimes those birds will get here. Sometimes, you know, they they won't. They're not having any of it, and some of those first groups in the morning on the prairie that are bank, that are bombing those prairie ponds, they may get hit the first thing, and man, they they may jump up and, and fly 40, uh, 40 miles south, and we may catch them at about eight o'clock. I've seen it so right. many times, uh, you know. Uh, and you see those birds ray up high, and you go, man, what are they doing? You think over the years, you kind of kind of figure out, man, that it usually happens on a Saturday. They've got bangs or something, and and here they come. Uh, so uh, that's just uh, that's just kind of the observations that you see over the over the years. Sometimes well, on the slow days, you try to figure out why they're slow and why it's, and you make observations and theories and. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're full of crap. Oh yeah, <laughs> it don't matter. You know, no. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, you just try to try to figure out the reason why. Sometimes you can't. Uh, you know, they're wild. They're migratory. They're wild. You're hunting wild animals. Uh, all you can do is control what you can control. So, so true. That's what we're gonna it's try. Just part yeah. of the game you play doing this for a living, man. But as a whole, you know, this season has been uh, has been a good one for I, I think everybody will attest. It's been a, you know it's been a good one because you you've concentrated your birds uh, with the, with the lack of water that's out there. Uh, they they've they've hung on. Uh, there hasn't been any. Yeah, uh, you say you know they're going to leave. Some of them are going to leave, but there hasn't been just one of those days where you know you come come in contact with everybody around here, all the guys and. and where they just absolutely disappear. They haven't done that, but we we would we would hope that we would get another push. But I still haven't seen that that really good second push of birds yet. That right. that push with the the males and the females. Uh, we're starting to see a few of the younger birds, the real small ones that that just hatch or just fly. Uh-huh. But we haven't seen the real real big push of them. That's usually the the, the the second the back end of the second or the the third uh the third migration yeah they hadn't any decent the fronts to ride in on you know oh and they might show up tuesday on that little front we're getting and, and you got them you got a move coming next week so they'll probably show up on that move next week which yep and, they'll, they'll, they'll and that little front happy that front line yep. exactly yep yep day late and a dollar short baby <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we seen you know, that? That's, yeah, it is. And, I mean, that's what happens when you open up uh, on the, you know, the ninth. And, and, you know, here lately we've been opening up on the 14th, 15th and going to the end of the month. But you, you can't do that and get uh, – you can't, you know, federal migratory uh, laws that they enacted back in the day, those treaties, you, you, can't, you can't shoot teal into October. So – uh, Texas tries to maximize, give you three weekends of a 16-day season. So uh, the way the calendar sets up, the only way to do that this year was open it up the ninth. But next year, uh, next year I believe we'll be opening up the 15th and running through, uh, or the 14th and running through the 
the 29th, so you'll you'll get a little bit more on that backside. Mm. And, uh, but it all depends, you know. It, it could work against you if you, if you get early uh, September front. You know, it every we may be out of the drought. Hopefully, we're out of the drought by then, and hopefully, uh, you know, better skies and, and better conditions persist. Uh, it's all a it's all cyclical, you know. Just like fishing, it's uh, it is. You deal with it. That's how you remember the the years. All oh, that was that year that it was so dry. You know, that was that year that it was so wet. You know. And, yeah, and water everywhere. A lot of times that hurts you, man. <laughs> it does. It does. No, you're right. It does. It sure does. It can go both ways. Well, the one birds thing you, can rest the one anywhere. Thing you, yeah. The one thing you get when it's real wet, your habitat's good, and it doesn't stress your birds out. And, and they winter, uh, you know, uh, they winter comfortably. And, and birds that winter pretty good, you know, are in good shape when they head back, usually tend to nest better and, and produce uh, more offspring, you know, when it comes to springtime. Uh, their, their body count, their body weights are up. You know, they, they're not, you know, say like right now, uh, you know, I would say habitat is stressed right now. I know, you know, the marsh the marsh is, is hypersaline. Uh you know, and, and there's not as much water on the prairie, and uh, I would hope that it would change by the time big duck season, you know, gets here. But, you know, we I saw pintails uh, yesterday in the air. Uh, shoot, we had spoonies decoy all on us, just as pretty as you want to see uh, yesterday. Uh, model ducks on us, you know, they're not migratory, but, oh, you know, uh, they kind of migrate east and west. Uh, but a bunch of model ducks and uh, – but I saw saw first pintails, and uh, like I said, if you don't have a trained eye, can't under can't don't know the the wing beat of a of a spoonie or a northern shoveler, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they look like a teal, and, I, and they're uh, they're playing uh, they're playing roulette if they go into a teal spread on untrained eyes. <laughs> it's time yep. of year. Exactly. Because they look like, you know, a juvenile spoonie, uh, one that just hatched, will, will, look, will look a lot like a, a blue looks wing. Looks like they a blue wing. Same, yeah. yeah. Same chevron. And if you look yep. at a blue wing, uh, you can tell that that he, he kind of looks like a spoonie, just a hair. If you look at a blue wing's bill, you can see it. It, it, it gets a little wider, uh, a lot wider than a green wing, and you can you can see where they may have uh, offspring off each other at one time, you know. Exactly. They, they look a whole lot alike, you know. All right, Bink, I got to run. If somebody wants to call you about uh, hunting and fishing, how do they get a hold of you, man? Yeah, 979-241-1705. We, we got a lodge full today. Going fishing in the morning. Heck, guys are fishing in the afternoon, too. Uh Redfish has been a game here lately. We're we're catching a few trout, and you know water temperature is 85, 86 degrees, so it's uh, been a little tough. But we're we're playing catch and release with the trout. We ask, just ask everybody, man, take care of our fish, take care of our fishery, do what's right. Exactly. I'm go with to, you, brother. I saw all the dates they I, released that, so I've been spreading the word yeah, on yeah. that too. Yeah, that's good news. Sure is. All right, buddy. Well, hey, have a good shoot, man. Be safe. All right, we'll see you. Thanks, Bink. See you. All right, now let's go uh, 
next door to Matagorda. Let's check in with Captain Charlie P. this morning. Charlie Paradoski, what's up, man? Hey, what's happening, Mick? Not a lot, brother. Another Astros hangover. They lose again? Hell yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or heck yeah. Sorry for the... <laughs> I'm disgusted. It just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, here's a team that's lost 102 games, and we can't even win a game off of them hardly. Wow. But we win one in the last series, and we may get swept at home. Who knows, man? Yeah. That's baseball, man. It just uh, may not be their year. But No, it's it's just not. I don't see that. And I just don't see it. Enthusiasm's different. Something's different. It just, you know, this is a way different team than last year with a lot more talent. Yeah. Well, I, I guess all them pitcher problems that we had, uh, you know, first part of the yeah, year. And it, just, you know, and then Tucker leads off, what was it, the fourth in and fifth or whatever it was, with a triple. With no outs, he's on third base, and nobody can even hit a ball to the right side of the infield or a fly ball to get him home. Just, uh, uh, it's aggravating. Yeah, well, I'd put a squeeze it is what it down. Is. If you're going to bat that bad, bunt it down the first baseline. Let's put a squeeze on, play some old school ball, something. You got you got to get them runs one at a time. Yeah. It, it's, that's, that's the way it is. There's nothing. It is what it is, nothing man. Nothing good is keep yeah. watching and enjoying it because, you know, I've been through some really bad seasons and, and a few good ones with this team. Always been a fan, always will be. Just yeah. that don't mean I don't get get a chance to gripe about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had uh, we watched a lot of bad seasons for a long time. Oh, we have, man. We've seen we've seen the absolute worst. Kinda like our fishing. We've seen the best and the worst. Yeah, the worst right now. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh man. Don't get me started. It is something else. You cannot catch them two days in a row. I get on, I get on the redfish the uh, <laughs> day before yesterday and look forward to yesterday morning. Right. I mean, they just ain't the same place two days in a row. None of these fish are. It is hard to catch them the same place two days in a row. Well, there's just not a lot of them. I guess not. I guess not. I'm... I keep saying that uh, as soon as we get uh, the first major weather change, that things are going to start rolling, and uh, and it may happen yet. I, I, I don't know. A different year, and just try to roll with it. Uh, I am seeing a lot of dead fish, and it's all big gizzard shad, and uh, and they're swimming around on top of the water. You know, you see that they're dying. Yeah. And, you know, the old circle of death. Right. And uh, there's no globs of them, no concentration. They're just scattered all over the place. I don't know whether these are, this is stuff that's being washed through Mitchell's cut, you know, from 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 that uh, uh, red tide or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not, uh, I'm not getting any whiffs of, you know, you get near that red tide, you smell it, and your eyes right. start walking stuff and i hadn't seen none of that so i don't know it's always something yes always something man it is it is it's just uh tough fishing right now yeah and a lot of a lot of people are talking you know 
meteorologists talking about this could be a uh, really nasty winter for the south. Could be a real cold one. Really? Just what we need. <laughs> I had a had a feeling something something's up, storm or cold weather or something, so I, I put one of those generic generators in at my house. So. Get I know prepared I, for it. I sure need to do something like that. I just hate to part with that kind of money. Especially after I had to put a whole new air conditioning system in this year. Times are mm. tough, man. <laughs> no doubt. All these emergencies. Yep. Yeah. All we can do is keep rolling. But I can roll with, you know, I got a couple of, you know, 7,000 watts in the shop. I can fire them up and keep everything going except for the big air conditioner. But I got those little rollouts, those portable ones. Yeah. That you can just roll out, plug in, and hook them through a window vent. And uh, you're Cadillacing. They'll run off them generators. Good. Poor man's got poor ways. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Damn. It's just what, what we went through with that uh, that last hard freeze. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I still can't get over what it did to our fish, Mickey. We, we were sitting on a gold mine here, and uh, here that freeze came and made a big change. Oh, it did. Made a big two change. You know, we actually had two of them. Yeah. Killed all those big, gorgeous trout that we had in this bay system. Boy, some of the videos I saw of that make you want to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. We got pretty hard, but uh, we're coming around little by little. But you know, that that's for spring following that, there was quite a few good fish, but they got pretty much uh, wiped out. I mean, they were they were hitting them cleaning tables with them. I know. I know. I don't know what they're going to do about these limits. I keep hearing rumors they're going to check, but make a well, change they're gonna, back. They're going to have scoping meetings first to determine whether to do it or not. You know, by their laws that they go, you know, rules they go by in the state, they have to, and kind of like that sunset clause. For that first emergency, they have to go back September 1st to the, you know, back to the original, like it said in the uh, clause, and now they've got to go through the same motions again. Well, I, I don't know. I've never seen those scoping meetings. I mean, us going to it and saying anything to make any difference. They've always got their minds already made up what they're going to do. So, I mean, something's in the makings already. Yeah. They just got to go through the motions legally. Right. You know, that's you know it. That. Yeah. I mean, I know what I'd personally do first, but, you know, they, they ain't going to do that. So, whatever. In the meantime, we'll just keep rolling along like we are, trying to make these people happy, get them on a few fish. That's all you can do, man. Or at least yep. people are still wanting to go. Yeah, they, uh, they're they all perked up about the fall. Most people know how that the fall is so much better, cooler, and nicer out in the water. Right. You know, after this long, hot summer that we had, it, uh, 
know, bookings were slow, and it's understandable. It was a hot, miserable summer, man. It was. Yeah. And the economy ain't the best it can be either. You know, that's another issue. Gas keeps going up. It's terrible. Yeah. Some funny times that we're in. Yeah. But, you know, it could get worse real quick, so maybe we ought to not complain too much. <laughs> you know? True. Yeah. I guess it could be worse. Yeah. Got a lot going on right now. Yeah, we do. One thing and we got a weather another. change coming Monday or Tuesday, don't we? Yes, we got a pretty good chance of rain on Monday and then a little bit cooler temperatures next week. Plus, you know, our today's the first day of fall. By the weather, you can't tell it, but uh, we do start our fall equinox, so we're having good we're going to be having good tide exchanges, a couple of feet per change. So, Yeah, they seem to be a little bit higher every morning. Yeah. And, and then, you know, toward the peak of that low tide, then they pour out. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got yeah. a good king tide coming in this morning right now. So, yeah. two-footer. Maybe we'll get on them this morning. Maybe We're getting so. Getting ready to find out. All right. Getting well, ready hey, to find out, man. Somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing, Charlie. Give them a number, bud. Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, my friend. Charlie, have a good day. Good talking to you, bud. Take care, Mickey. See you. All right. All right, that's Captain Charlie Paradoski. Time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.